Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 367. We're getting to the end of January. Uh, 2019. I can't even believe that. We've got a great guest. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. And it's Ashley Ryan, founder of Her Smart Marketing. Ashley, would you quickly like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure, I would love to. I'm so happy to be here. I have been lucky to be in the online space for over 15 years. So as young as I look, everybody's probably thinking, oh my gosh, how is that possible? But yes. And um, I actually started my career by launching a digital course online. And 15 years ago, the space and the technology, everything was completely different. So we actually grew a very successful business within a year and things blew up, but things are really different now. So I'm hoping to bring some of my marketing and sales experience to the call today. Because it's one thing to be brilliant at making things and creating things and be a creator, right? Most of us as creatives know it can be really exciting to bring something to the world, but then it's another thing to sell it, right? So that's what we we want to talk about today is, yeah, marketing a course and how to go about doing that. Oh, it sounds great. And I've got my great host, co-host, Cindy, like to introduce yourself quickly to the listeners of yours. Yes. Hello, everyone. It's uh, Cindy Nicholson from thecoursewhisperer.com. So I actually have a personal connection with Ashley because Ashley, about a year ago, Ashley was my coach and actually got me started um, with, you know, building my business. So I loved her process. I loved her philosophy. So I'm super excited to have you on the call today, Ashley. Thank you. Um, Before we go into the main part of the interview, I just want to mention one of my great um, sponsors and um, it's Kin- this week it's Kinsta Hosting and Kinsta is a premier WordPress only hosting provider big enough to have all the technologies small enough still to care about their customers we host the WP Tonic website on Kinsta they use Google um, server framework to host all their sites but what you get is a fantastic interface with one click staging, one-click backup, superb technical support 24-7 from people that really know about WordPress and about hosting. When I've ever asked them a question, I've got a response in less than two to three minutes. They are really a fantastic hosting company. And if you want to support the show and a great company like Kinsta, go over to kinsta.com for your own hosting needs, for your membership learning management system. Or if you're a consultant or developer, do yourself a favor and recommend Kinsta to your clients. And I'm going to hand it over to Cindy and Cindy's going to ask the first question. All right. Well, hello, Ashley. Hello. So I'm going to kick it off just because I think you probably face a lot of people like this right at the very beginning. So people, you know, they're in the entrepreneur well, they're in the entrepreneurial world. They, they hear this idea of creating an online course and and all the passive income that it's going to generate and everything. And, and they're all keen and eager to get a cre- course created um, or a membership site, whatever the case may be. But 
what from your perspective, from a marketing and launching perspective, what what things do you think that somebody should have in place before they start to create any content at all? Sure. That's a really great question, Cindy. Um, because what I find is, well, some of the most successful online marketers in the world use this approach, and I think it's a great approach. Before creating something and jumping into it, it's best to kind of test your idea out. And I'm not talking go gangbusters and spend millions of dollars or even thousands of dollars. You can create a simple survey based on your knowledge and then put it out there to your group and test it that way. And chances are 80% of people are going to say the same thing and tell you what you need to know. So I'll give you an example and kind of what I mean by that. So say you, um, you, you create, you make crochet hooks. I'm just making this up. Or actually, let's use a real example. What are some of your listeners? What do they do? Can you give me an example of somebody who you think would be watching? Uh, let's say it's a, a, a lawyer wanting okay. to create Perfect. a course on something like um, intellectual property. Perfect. Okay, this is great. So lawyer, intellectual property, what you could do, what, what the lawyer could do is create a survey and see, there's many different areas within intellectual property. There's like, there's corporate, uh, there's probably like, say, real estate. There's like all, within the, law, the lawyer field, there falls a whole bunch of different categories. And in course designing and course making, it's going to actually make your life easier if you're really niche down. So the narrower you go and the more specific generally, the better, the easier it is to market. So, so if you're having a vast kind of area, so say you're a lawyer, you want to make a course, even in the intellectual property field, you can go even further. So then what I would do is create some different um, surveys or titles or headings or something like that and poll, you know, which area is most desired. So say you go to your monthly lawyer networking meeting or other lawyers at the firm ask them, hey, which, which appeals to you? Which concept appeals to you most? What do you need the most? And 80% of those people are going to hone in on one area and tell you what they like the most and what they're most interested in. Then I would go down that road as opposed to what we think of ourselves is not necessarily what people want. So it's really important to test your concept out or at least ask a few people. Okay. And a great way to do this, I find, is actually going on amazon.com or amazon.ca or UK or wherever. I think Jonathan, you know, <laughs> where his roots is. But, uh, and, and then what you can do in the book section is look up your topic. So type in, say, intellectual property, and then you'll get some good um, copywriting, some good languaging. Because it's one thing, imagine you write a list and it's like, okay, pick your favorite. How to write intellectual property trademarking or whatever. I mean, that's not very sexy, right? So go to Amazon, find something really cool. Like, you know, the 10 most um, cost, uh, cost detrimental effects of, you know, intellectual property or whatever it is, you know, the most exciting things. And then from there, you have something to work with. And do you think that, um, you know, to couple with that, because I agree hundred percent, you got to test it to figure out what the heck people really need from you. Do you think that they need they should have a certain size of audience or a certain email list size before they consider creating, you know, a course and trying to sell it? That's a great question. Uh, this is really important and if I say one thing that's the most important thing, please heed this is online marketing is cumulative. 
So it's not like having a retail store where you can open your doors and say there's a thousand people walking by, they can come in or whatever. It's like Google and other and social media accumulate your information and build up your social reputation and clout. So it's very important to market 10 minutes a day online and build up to when your launch is rather than like the day before going and launching and, and spending a lot of money then. So very, again, very important online marketing is cumulative. So any point in your career, even before you consider even doing an online course, it's good to build up your online presence 10, 15 minutes a day rather than going gangbusters later on. Yeah, there's so many people that, uh, you know, they'll be like, I'll wait, I'll wait until I'm ready to launch. I'm going to wait till I'm ready to launch. And it's like, you need to get out there now so people know that you exist before you have something to sell them. Totally. Yes. So absolutely, Cindy, anytime you could, you don't necessarily need an audience, but it's a really good idea to start building it. Got it. Jonathan? Yeah, I totally agree. But Ashley, um, I've had clients come to me um, even recently and they, it's obviously they know what the Pacific area where they want to build a course, they know their stuff, but they got, you know, we're going to sell thousands, we're going to sell this to thousands and people. Um, they have no online tribe. They have no online community. So when a client comes to you, what do you initially advise them to do to build community and tribe? Sure. That's a good, good point. Absolutely. I want to backtrack one second and then I'll dive into that. I want people to understand the statistics. When people are doing courses or any kind of digital products or products, they're not thinking about the numbers. So let me ask you both. You, you might already know this, but say you send 100 people who don't really know you that well or somewhat, say, have an idea of you. Let's talk cold and maybe warm market. 100 people go to your site. You're selling a course or whatever for 50 bucks, 20 bucks even. How many people out of 100 do you think buy? It's like 2 to 5% of them, right? Okay. What do you think, Jonathan? I think you'd be lucky to get 2 to 5%, actually. Okay. Okay. Exactly. So yes. So typically the conversion rates around 1% is like a good conversion rate. So think about how many, how much traffic you would have to drive to make $10,000. So people are not in this reality that most people think, you know, it's 50% or 80 or whatever. Right. So back to your question, Jonathan, it's very important to have good marketing. That's really the crux, right? Um, so a couple things which people overlook. Number one is referral partners. If you have one or two really good relationships, those relationships can fill your business. You know, they may be harder to kind of nurture, but those, there's those people who are like raving fans about you and what you're up to. They can be a good source of referrals. So whether you're selling your coaching services, consulting, or whether you're selling your course, whatever it is you're selling, referral partners are really great. Um, Number two, so your question was online marketing avenues, right, Jonathan? Like, to well, you know, how you know you have a client come to you and they they and you point out you got you got to build your tribe, your community. You right. know, um, it's a big question, but you know, I thought you might be able to give a couple of tips based on your experience about how you start on that road. Yeah, um, I would say engagement is very important and keeping people's information for the future. So whether it's an email list or a bot, bots are really hot right now and happening. So it's almost like an email list, but on social media more. 
So any kind of way you can have a container to capture their information is very important. Um, number two, again, accumulation. So something like social media, which is all the rage right now, doing little things every day. But people make mistakes with social media. That's a big platform for you to market your course. But um, you can't just churn out content. That's not enough. You have to be really engaged. I'll give you an example. I have a Facebook profile for my business. Um, not a page. I'm talking about like a personal profile where clients are friending me and that kind of thing. I've tested it out where I've just posted really good content. And then the results were like, meh. As soon as I started going in and liking the stuff in the feed and commenting on their stuff, all of a sudden I have this massive tribe. I post a piece of content and I'm getting like, you know, 90 comments, that kind of thing. It's from that engagement factor and that reciprocation. So on social media, it's very much about engagement. So instead of paying someone to post your content, you could pay someone to go and get on there and engage with your clients, which I think is a better bet of your time. So I would say that's important is that engagement factor. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, over to you, Cindy. So um, it, if, when you're building your content, I sorry, let's say you have, you have an idea that's been validated to create an online course. And so, um, you know, the one aspect of creating that course is the content itself. The other aspect is kind of figuring out your launch plan. How, how far much of a runway do you need um, um, for kind of that launch, that launch of the course that you, you have? Like kind of how far back do you go to, that, to the date of the launch? Um, do you set yourself, your clients up with? Sure. So I would start the launch like a couple of months in advance, like one to two months. Um, but you're going to start building your audience way before that. So those are two different things, building audience. And then the launch is more like announcing. Because if you do a launch like three months before, it can lose steam, right? Because people aren't going to be remembering and like it can get annoying. So I try to keep things like a month to two months out and then really be promoting it hard and talking about it and doing your Facebook live videos and videos really hot right now. So if you have a lot of video content, and here's another important thing for all you content creators out there. In social media and in the land of the web, only a fraction of people see your material. So if you spend your lifetime generating material and you have all this gold material, don't just post it once and be like, oh, people have already seen it. No, only like 1% or 10% of your friends have seen it. So I recycle content personally, like probably at least 20 or 30 times in a year, the same piece of content. And I don't have people like complaining or anything. It's like people don't see it. So you need to repeatedly use the content that you've so expensively and time-consumingly created and reuse it. And so in terms of, um, do you recommend like a, so if let's say it's one to two months out that you're planning on, you know, launching your course, do, do you have a recommended kind of process or, um, system that you, you take your clients through with when they, they go to launch their, their course? Sure. I do have a launch strategy, um, but I would want to, I actually have a document of a launch strategy that I could give all your listeners, but they'd have to get in touch with me to get it because um, it's in my files. I don't know how people can get in touch. Maybe you can think about that and I'll give it to whomever is interested, but um, I'll verbally express it as well. Uh, because it's a bit, you know, it's a little bit more complicated is I would, um, okay. So it depends how you're launching, but I would use multiple mediums. So I would use email. 
I would use social media, all the different kind of platforms. I think less linearly, but more like um, you want people seeing you everywhere. Because the interesting thing is people mostly buy when they've seen you multiple places. They've tested this and I've tested this a lot. I do a lot of cold marketing and generally people are going to buy or move forward after the second or third, um, like, uh, seeing me out, out in public. So it's really important that you're in say a few places. So your, your, your interested party might be on your email list, plus on LinkedIn, plus on Instagram, plus on Facebook. So say they lose you in one of those platforms, then they're going to be on other platforms. So in terms of kind of the launch plan and how to do it, I would focus on taking, I would focus on giving out quality content snippets and putting it on multiple platforms and doing it kind of on a regular basis. People tend to have issues with promotion and are like, oh, I don't want to annoy people. But the reality is people are busy. So it is really good to remind people kind of on a regular basis um, that you're out there and what you're doing and what you're up to. Because again, it can be quite noisy. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Jonathan? Yeah, we're going to go for our break, folks. When we come back, we're going to be talking to some more with Ashley Ryan, founder of Her Smart Marketing. It's been a fantastic conversation so far. I'm sure it's going to continue down that path. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back before um we continue our discussion with ashley i want to talk about a webinar me and my co-host cindy is doing the end of this month um we're gonna we were gonna do it um the last thursday of this month but as you know listeners and viewers i've been sick as a dog for the past two to three weeks and i got behind on a lot of stuff um so we're going to do this webinar on the 28th of february that's thursday the 28th at 9 a.m pacific standard time and it's seven steps to create your first membership online course and um, cindy and myself are going to be talking about those seven steps that you're going to have to do to get a successful course. If you want to pre-register, you just go to the WP Tonic um, Backstroke webinar and you can subscribe. Uh, we're also offering um, some great prizes um, to the people that join us live on the show that register. I'm going to offer a, a WP Tonic support package with a normal price of over $700 one of the um, live listeners views to the webinar will get that for free and I think Cindy's got some freebies as well that she's going to be surprising the people over to you Cindy <laughs> so when let's just kind of think about um, you know some of the clients that you've worked with what what mistakes do you kind of see that people make when they go to launch their course and then you know they they don't make as much money that they've they've anticipated and get all discouraged, but what are some marketing strategy mistakes that people are making that you see people? Uh, sure. Good question. Number one is not testing their idea. You know, for example, 
Um, the senior demographic, like say seniors who are on a tight budget, that's going to be less lucrative than like, say the business person who, you know, is in, you know, say has, you know, a million dollar business kind of thing. So there's different levels of, um, of income, you know, there's different income brackets and those income brackets spend money differently. So I want to make it as easy for you as possible to sell your course. So don't try to work. Here's another example. One of my clients is a vocal coach and she works with artists who are really struggling, you know? So if you're struggling in LA, you can't afford rent. You're sharing your house with 10 other artists. Like it's going to be a stretch to pay $5,000 for the product or whatever. Right? So really important that you test out your idea in your market. Number two, this is a common thing I not only see in course marketing, but in business. This is the biggest issue I see is not being consistent. So I would say I'm quite successful. And it's, it's not because I'm not only cool and interesting and all these other things. It's because I do everything every day. I have a list and every day I sit down and it might be boring, but I have a team also that helps me and I go through that list. I post this on social media. I go through the feed and comment on people's stuff. I, you know, send out those repetitive emails. Entrepreneurs are stimulation junkies. We're shiny object syndromers, whatever. We like the excitement. If you can't be consistent, pay somebody else to be consistent because that's what gets results. It's not once a year going out, going crazy, being dazzling. It's every day doing those little things that are necessary. So I'd say those are two huge things that can make or break your business in general. Yeah, those are the the tough ones to do, to get people (laughs) to do on a regular basis. Jonathan? Yeah, I I agree with you so much, actually. Um, You know, I produce a lot of content every month through the podcast, um, through blogging, um, repurposing but um, as I was saying to Cindy, one of my aims in 2019 is to get more involvement, more engagement from our listeners who are very low. But a lot of the time, I don't get a lot of engagement. Have you got any kind of insights, tips about how you get more people to engage with your content and that? Because I'm failing on it, Ashley. Oh, no, that's great. And it's great for you to admit that. Often, <coughs> we, you know, we have a hard time admitting kind of these things, but I think it's great that you say that. And what I would say, huge difference is you need to hire someone or you need to engage more with your people and they'll engage back for sure. It's, it, it may, it's like night and day, really. So um, it's tough. Like with a blog, it's different. Social media, it's more reciprocal. If you start to engage with strangers more on a regular basis, they'll definitely give you the love back and then they'll start to be actually interested in what you're saying. Um, number two is, or like with partners, right? You scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of thing. Like, hey, can you share this? And then I'll, you know, do the same. Um, That's important. But with blogs, it can get trickier, right? Um, So also that the second thing, and not just talking to you, but just in general, sometimes people hold back from saying what they want to say. So if your content is safe at all that you're putting forth, like maybe your course is super compelling, but your content's a little bit safe and you're not playing the edge, then that's where people will stop to communicate. If you say something that's edgy, but that might be a bit controversial about how you truly feel, because Jonathan, I can tell you're not a shrinking violet underneath there. <laughs> well, I, have a, I have another show which is a lot more edgy than this one, uh, the Friday show. Um, um, Cindy w- would tell me off because there's a little bit of swearing and cursing <laughs> on the show. Um, but no, um, 
I just want to a follow-up question and I'll throw it over to Cindy is that um, I think, you know, as you were saying in the first half of our interview, you know, you know, to market yourself on all these different platforms, which is omnipresence. I think that's what you were talking about. But I've also found, like with podcasting, extremely low audience that's been with me over four years and we've built it up to a sizable audience and they're very low. But um, podcasting, they tend to be very silent. I've got another friend, Adam of WP Crafter, that's got over 100,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel. Um, they, they seem to be very engaged with him. He spent a lot of time um, building that engagement, but typically one of his training videos around WordPress, he can get over 20 to 40 different comments. I hardly get anything like that. So does it really depend on the medium as well? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. It depends on the medium, the audience, what you're saying. I would do both of engaging more with other people and then in the community and then also maybe expressing your content differently to see. And here's something that people forget. I'll use Facebook Live as an example. People do Facebook Lives and then no one's comments and they wonder why, but they're not engaging their audience. When I'm on a Facebook Live and I see people join, I'm like, hey, Bob, long time no see, blah, blah, blah. You know, Bob has a, 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 a dump truck business or whatever it is, you know? And so I'm engaging and then they're giving me some energy back. So that's important where you're going live or certain things to be engaging with your audience there if possible, kind of any ways you can use. But yeah, absolutely. It does depend on the medium. Podcasts are notoriously known for not a lot of uh, emotional feedback. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting that you use that example because we pushed um, the Wednesday show to Facebook, but obviously me and Cindy, we're interviewing you, so uh, we can't interrupt you. Um, but uh, maybe in the in the bonus content, we see if there's anybody on the Facebook page, probably isn't. But that different mediums really do have different cultures, don't they, Ashley? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Over to you, Cindy. Um, so what, in, in terms of marketing and launching and, and thinking about, you know, putting the, putting a course together, there's a lot of different balls in the air. So creating the content, marketing and launching, creating the technology. How do you, you know, so which ends up um, people end up putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. What, uh, what advice do you have? Um, for our listeners about, you know, how to manage it all, how to actually be able to do, manage all of those different pieces with putting a course together and finally getting it out there. Well, there's a launch plan, which I will definitely give the viewers uh, for sure, like a copy of that. That's helpful. Um, number two is just having support. So having your assistant kind of help um, or somebody like have a small budget for an assistant or somebody to help you with it just because it is big and it's, if you're not doing things yourself, it's time to delegate really. Like if you're just not getting those done, you've got to be a responsible business owner and bite the bullet and then pay somebody kind of thing. Um, because otherwise your business is going to go nowhere. Your course is not going to get launched and all that kind of stuff. So really support is very important. Most entrepreneurs try to do everything themselves, right? Uh, it can be a solo. That's why we became entrepreneurs. So we could work by ourselves and not have to deal with people bossing us around and all that stuff um, and not having to manage people. But it's important to have support. 
as well as kind of a plan, something written to follow. Yeah, no, I think that's so true. And, and people are often uh, hesitant to pull the trigger to get the support until they know if it's going to be successful. And so often they end up trying to do it all and burning themselves out through in the whole process. Totally. So um, just a just a follow up question to that. How do you like in terms of getting support? So if this is the first time people are getting support, one of the things this the I find or I think of is giving up that control of you know, handing stuff over to somebody else, especially when you've been wanting to do it all yourself. So how do you, because I know that you have the support through your marketing um, company. How do you kind of manage that expectation with your clients about giving up control over some of the things that they've been doing for so long? That's a great question. That's a really good question. Valid question. Um, Number one is you need to hire awesome people. People end up hiring terrible making terrible hires, and then they lose trust. And then they're like, I'm never going to do it again. So that's not really practical. If you're doing something that's not working out, like with the hiring, if you're not having amazing team members, then of course you're going to be like, oh, this sucks. So number one is hiring really awesome people. Usually within the first month of working with someone, you can tell if they're awesome or not. So that's really important. Number two, otherwise you're just going to be disappointed. And then it's not a good idea to have them doing stuff for you. Number two is once you have a good hire is empowering people and letting them figure it out. So we jump in, we enable, just like even with our kids, I have a teenage son. It's like, instead of allowing them to figure it out, problems come up and say, Hey, okay, great. Figure it out. You know, and and let me know if you're really stuck, you can come to me, but you know, look into that or give them some clues and then let them kind of take the ball. Number two is also like, they may not do it a good job as you. They may do it 80% as, as you would, and you've got to kind of let that go. So if you're a total uptight control freak, you may not emotionally be able to handle handing over stuff. That's just the way. But you got to kind of chill out and give people a little bit of leeway, but at the same time, empower them to come to the answer. Then you're creating a real team of individuals doing things on their own, and that can be really powerful. Yeah, no, that, that 80% rule, I, I've, my, my husband uses it all the time, so I think it's a good one. Jonathan? Yeah, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show, folks. Ashley's agreed to stay on for another 10, 15 minutes um, for bonus content, which you'll be able to see on the WP Tonic website with a full transcription of this great interview and the PDF that um, Ashley hopefully will be able to supply um, or link to a website where you'll be able to get that PDF. Um, Ashley, how can people, what's the best way to find out more about you, your company and your thoughts and what you're up to? Sure. They can check out my website, uh, hersmartmarketing.com. Her like a woman and smart as in we're really smart and marketing.com. Uh, we have a lot of stuff there. You can also friend, friend me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash lady Ashley. I'd love to be friends and kind of connect on there as well. Oh, I love the name. <laughs> um, Cindy, um, how can people find out more about what your ideas, what you're up to? Sure. If, uh, if you're looking for some help and support around, you know, creating the content for your course, you can find um, me at thecoursewhisperer.com or you can also find me on LinkedIn by searching Cindy Nicholson. That's great. So we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. If you really want to support the show, folks, give us a review, good or indifferent. 
all the new reviews, I do um, read them. And if they're funny, I will probably read them out on the show. Uh, um, we'll be back next week with another guest of the quality of Ashley, giving you advice how to be a successful educational entrepreneur using the power of WordPress to build a great membership business. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.